Good evening, Disruptors. Welcome to episode eight of Faith Disrupted. Tonight, we're attacking the very topical topic of marriage equality and the upcoming postal vote. Um, We'd love to have a bit of a chat about how we're feeling about it and um, yeah, our opinions about that. But first, we will have a little bit of a chat about what we've been up to. Girls, what have we been up to? <laughs> well, Michelle here. I um, I don't know. I don't feel like I've done anything particularly interesting. I've had a couple of nice dinners out with some friends. Mm. I did like yeah, a, um, well, six, which turned into seven uh, glasses of wine at a Ooh. French wine tasting with tapas. Thing. Like you do. Pretty nice, let me tell you. It was on a Thursday night, though, so Friday was not an effective work day, I'll be honest. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I have um, really start, started enjoying my subscription to a free uh, news service. Have you guys got onto the quiz, the squiz? Sorry, the squiz. Yes, I the get the squiz. squiz. It's so good. I really love the way they write. So it's thesquiz.com.au, and they send you an email each morning. Usually, I think by like at least yeah six a.m. Hmm. and it just gives you the weather and then a little funny squiz sayings like the one that was from the other day it said had a quote I still had to sit there for two hours and be a gentleman we had a nice conversation she complimented me many times unquote Billy Peck who recently claimed the title of New York's most undateable man confirmed he is still single we don't know why he sounds like a charmer anyway so something like random like that and then they go into the news of the day and give you in a really conversational way but really deep actually in very short sharp way mm. to tell you what's um going on in the world and what to stay alert to so i yeah, yeah i find it really easy to it's to like a see. summary for busy people okay yeah, that's right lee sales from seven thirty listens to it like sorry reads it and uh enjoys it and recommends it as well so, very clever woman mm. she is i would trust her judgment too yep. meanwhile i have a six-year-old sitting across from me Listening into Hi, Charlie. Hi, and she's dressed in a Wonder Woman um, yes, pajama outfit. Of course, awesome. she is. <laughs> okay, um, and just one other thing that I would recommend is something that I've been doing recently. Having given birth to two children, said child <laughs> sitting across from me, is that um, let's just say I'm not great on the old pelvic floor situation. Ooh. So I have been. Charlie's laughing at that too. Um, but I have, I have found a Pilates instructor who I've fallen in love with and she has given – I've had three one-on-one lessons to learn what? how to actually do Pilates properly. So one hour each time and she's like tweaking where my knee is or um, whether my stomach's in the right position. And so now I feel like after three of those kind of intense sessions that I'm ready to do a class – and actually have the right setup. Whereas mm. I've always felt like I've gone to those classes and gone, oh, I could be doing this all wrong and it would not be helping me. <laughs> Maybe it's making things yeah. worse. Yeah. So anyway, I recommend that for anybody, but particularly, I guess, Mama, if you've had kids. Say hello? No, you can't say hello, darling. Bye. Okay, I'll just um, give <laughs> myself while maybe other people talk. My mum loves. <laughs> my mum loves Pilates. She is actually being asked by her Pilates club whatever they're called to be like the face of their next promotional video because she's so good and she can do all the inner core stuff and yeah like lie on the ball and get herself up to whatever and bloody blah she loves it she's always trying to tell me to do it 
Yeah, look, it is good, but it's bloody hard work. Mm. I was actually keen to get your opinion, Ursh, on mm. – I remember you went to see The Book of Mormon a little <laughs> while ago because I had yes. – like, my dad went to see it and really loved it um, mm. the other week. But then I, I recall that you yeah, had a different perspective on it. That, yeah. Um, yeah, so what is it and what did you think of it? Because everyone seems to be talking about it at the moment. Okay, so it's a musical basically written by the guys – Uh, who wrote South Park. So you can imagine how not diplomatic it is. And I think... Do you like South Park, Hirsch? No. Okay. Much like The Simpsons and anything that's animated (laughs) and supposedly funny. I don't get it. (laughs) However, no, I loved it from the point of view of awesome songs. Like the soundtrack is amazing, amazing music, great acting, great sets. And it is funny in that, you know, it's telling the story of, you know, these two Mormon guys that are sent out across the world to, you know, proselytise about Mormonism. But I think for me, like, it just managed to offend any possible person that it could. Like, and (laughs) I just find some of the humour that is, it's really, it's black humour and I know I'm a sensitive soul but... You know, when you make jokes about kids being raped, I just find that really hard to oh. go, ah, ha, 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 mm. and then move on to the next thing. Like it's, yeah, yeah. I can't compartmentalise that well. So um, it yes. was an amazing show and it was a great soundtrack and it did really make me think, you know, this could be a musical about Christians, this could be a musical about Buddhists, it could be any religious belief and you pull out Mm. all the things and that's quite challenging but also funny. Like there are definitely bits in it that are funny and you go, yep. (laughs) Um, But I don't know, for me there was just so much offensive stuff that it was hard to come out and go, yeah, I really love that. But the people that I went with to see it did really enjoy it. So it's maybe just my sensitive soul. I was amazed that no one walked out I didn't see anyone walk out I was pretty amazed at that were you tempted to uh not really no I wasn't tempted to walk out no so I don't know whether to recommend it or not depends how yeah I don't know what about you Tam (laughs) all right so again I don't I feel like I haven't been up to much I feel like I've been too busy to actually do anything interesting lately I've had Mm -hmm. it's been birthday season and it's I don't know I feel like I'm just still going along with the tv series and the books that I have been reading for the last month Mm. um I did however last week go back to the gym for the first time in too too long and basically felt like I was dying the next couple of days <laughs> seriously um exercise so good for your mental health like mm-hmm. just made me feel like a new person like I got home I was bouncing around I felt like I drank a bottle of wine wow. like, I didn't didn't I didn't need to drink a bottle of wine because I felt so good so yeah that's my big recommendation this week is go and exercise because wow. it is very good for your mental health and all those happy hormones are awesome yes I needed to hear that it's true yeah and spring is coming and then it's really nice to go out and go for a run or a walk so Mm. do it yeah and that's the physio coming out of me (laughs) (laughs) um I was reminded the other week you were saying um Shell that uh this life this is us 
what's that show you recommended? This is us. Yeah, it was your yeah. new West Wing. <laughs> but I just yeah, want to throw yeah. out there for any uh, West Wing enthusiasts, there is a podcast called The West Wing Weekly and it is hosted by Joshua Molina, who many of you will remember came in, I think, season four of The West Wing and a friend of his, um, Rishi. And together, basically every episode is they critique the next episode so i think they're up to season three episode 18 at the moment um yeah and it's they're really funny they're um and also really insightful and it's a lovely way to remember back to the west wing and all the things that you loved about it and all the characters and they get people on like they'll get you know richard schiff toby in to come and talk and discuss episodes and it's if you are a west wing nut like me and i think you shall then I highly mm. recommend the West Wing Weekly. It's great. They're long though. Sometimes they can be like an hour and a half. Whoa. Yeah, that's long. Yeah, it is long. All right. All right. So let's get into it. Hey, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? So. <laughs> Marriage equality. Massive topic. Massive yeah. topic. And we have, um, we have consciously try. We are consciously trying to keep this to the the issue of the postal vote and the marriage equality issue because we know there is masses of debate that can happen around all the LGBTQI issues and there's mass yeah just there's heaps of stuff and we are going to get around that at some stage but we're going to try and limit ourselves tonight so we don't get too ranty again (laughs) (laughs) good luck yeah that's right who's going to lead off Look, to kick it off, obviously we're going to delve into the um, yes and no campaign and all of that. I just wanted to reflect on it from just a pure campaigning perspective because I find it really interesting around how um, people are getting across the message of what they're trying to push. So like today in the mailbox um, here in the inner west of Sydney, I got a rainbow labour DL brochure Mm. and it's in rainbow colors and it says three reasons to vote yes number one Tony Abbott doesn't want you to (laughs) number two number two our weddings will be bloody fab (laughs) (laughs) and number three in bigger font all love is equal Mm. and you know that that's kind of you know really hard to uh rebut I reckon in a lot of ways like it's quirky and funny especially the Tony Abbott one (laughs) And I just, yeah, I find it really interesting uh, how well the Yes campaign has built to a tipping point. Mm. And I would say very much they're at that tipping point now. You know, Mm. I I feel like um, it's inevitable that Mm. that, and any, well, a number of Christian leaders that I've been speaking to in recent times all say the same thing. Mm. Um, Mm. So, uh, yeah, and I think just... The simplicity of talking about marriage equality, mm. not same-sex marriage, mm. marriage equality mm. is so clever mm. <laughs> and so um, it just cuts to the chase and it just makes, and that's uh, my reflection would be yeah. for those in the no camp, how do you rebut that, you know, in yeah. this day and age, how even as a Christian where you talk about the Bible where God is for equality, how do you mm. tackle that one without mm. sounding like a homophobic bigot mm. to, be, like, to yeah. be really harsh? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I found the No campaign, um, it seems to me it just it has been very much sidelined as the traditional outdated view 
now I, this mm. is just with my mm. prism lens and I um and I'm not actually making a, I'm trying not to make a judgment call on what they're saying but I just think from their messaging it's really tricky and I know in the past that that campaign to protect marriage as it were um actually actively advocated for civil unions mm. for same-sex couples mm. to be able to give them all the equal rights you know wanting to um you know allow uh, that relationship to be um held up in a law if one of them was to pass yep. away or whatever that kind of thing but that that was actually a strategic move to allow that to happen and to give them rights and treat them as human beings but also still protect marriage as this sanctified you know sanctified union and yet you know that obviously has come so far since then and and that's you know civil unions are not good enough <laughs> and so the marriage equality movement has grown momentum um and then also I think the whole strategy of talking about the kids I just feel has really backfired. Oh, totally. I'm struggling to see how yeah. that has helped because I don't know if you guys saw Penny Wong's response oh, in the Senate so good. where they were talking, they were equating um, children from same-sex relationships as the stolen generation and she has two children with her mm. um, partner and she was in tears and it was, yeah, it felt genuinely mm. heartbreaking to see her response to mm. that. And so it just feels like it's gone so personal and I also mm. don't see a huge amount of great heterosexual <laughs> parenting. Uh, you know, there's divorce rate, there's single parents by mm. choice or by um, what life has thrown at them. It's just even Carrie Bickmore, remember when her mm. husband passed away mm. and she was a single mom and she went in for the mm. kill mm. um, on, I think, Australian Christian Lobby were on the, the program and just went, what are you saying, that I'm not good enough? Because mm. that's right. my son doesn't have a, a father. So I just feel like I, as a Christian um, who you know, has probably, yeah, sitting there going, wow, I'm interested to see both sides. I don't feel like the no side has really landed some very compelling arguments mm, yeah. other than maybe pointing to this is the, yeah, I think, you know, the, I guess the argument of this has been for all time and it's only in recent years this has changed. Maybe that's something, but even then it just, yeah, feels a bit integrated. Anyway, I've just talked a lot, but I'd be interested in your reflections back <laughs> on that and, um yeah, just whether that is true for you guys as well. I'm also just fascinated how much in five years it feels like so much has changed to get to this point. Mm. And even so many of my Christian friends that I can see on social media are actively campaigning in the yes space, which mm. I would have said probably, yeah, some years ago maybe wouldn't have mm. even had that view. Very true. So, yeah, what has made the change? And I guess mm. what are you, what's your personal journeys as well? Yeah. I'm going to jump in before Ursh because I know she's got lots and lots to say about this. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, because the same as you, Shell, I feel like it's less it's less of a personal issue to me and probably more of an abstract kind of idea of um, just that whole equality thing. And I think if we as Christians are trying to say that all people are equal – it's just, it's so disrespectful to then say, but you know what, we're not going to allow you equal rights. Mm. Like, I just feel like there's such disparity between those two ideas. Like, obviously, as Christians, everyone, you know, everyone's been created in the image of God. Everyone has an equal value in the eyes of God. How can we then say, but, but these people have the rights to do whatever it is, 
you know, it's, it's irrelevant what that thing is. It's irrelevant whether that's marriage or whether it's anything else or if it's the vote or, you know, it's irrelevant if we're talking about gay people or black people or whatever, you know, like we're talking about a minority. Um, you know, if we're going to say that we are going to deny a section of the population certain rights, then it feels like we're just going against everything that we should be standing for. Mm. I think, yeah, it's true, Tam. I think there's also just the the basic kind of um, state over religion or religion over state, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that sense of like we are not, we're on Christian foundations, sure, but we're not a Christian nation anymore. Mm-hmm. And so to expect that that worldview would um, impact how people live their lives, I think, yeah, that's, I think that's a big part of the tipping point isn't it it's just that people yeah and the ownership like I think it was probably back in episode one or something where I said that you know Christians don't own being good people mm. whereas I think also Christians don't own marriage no you know it's it's not necessarily um yes maybe God created people and God created union but marriage wasn't necessarily something that was just owned by Christians and it's something that has evolved over thousands and thousands of years and you know yeah and it has had it has had its changes I mean did David had 300 concubines you know it's that's right I mean marriage was a contract where a man owned a woman Mm. basically to begin with Mm. so you know we've we've obviously moved on from that kind of thing you know it's it's always in flux and in change and you know no one has ownership of that thing so and I think you know probably coming down to what you were saying Shell that um the no case haven't been able to make a very good case and I think mm. you know that's really going to be the issue and maybe that really says a lot about it anyway but you know, I think the one case that they could probably push, but I guess they have no proof for, is in some ways, yes, it could be a big social experiment. We don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know how it's going to change the look of things 50 years from now or not. But the reality is it's already happening. And, you know, people are already living together. People are already having civil unions, although civil unions don't actually give the same um, legal rights or the same social or cultural recognition as marriage does. So that's mm. why, you know, um, the LGBTQI community is pushing for, um, you know, marriage for them as well. And I think, you know, same-sex couples already are having children. You know, all the things that kind of tend to be thrown up by the No campaign, it's already happening and so even yeah, right. amongst, you know, some Christian groups or people that might say, well, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily agree um, with marriage equality, yet I feel that as a society it's the best way for people to order their affairs to, yeah, legally have justice and um, the same human rights as everyone else and that's why they would vote yes, maybe not necessarily that they particularly are okay yet with the idea of same-sex relationships but that as they're looking at it more from a society point of view and I think that's another possibility but yeah a lot of people are in conflict about it all I think for me personally um declaring myself is that you know my brother is gay and 
that has totally changed my perception on LGBTQI rights over the last 10 or so years. And so I think where I am today is different from what I felt five years ago, is very different from what I felt 10, 15 years ago. Um, Mm. And I've really had to look, and I think that's the thing, people really need to engage in this. That's what I'd be encouraging Christians to do and and non-Christians, I guess. But to, um, I think it's very easy to fall back on what we were taught by the church growing up or taught even by society, but I guess it's definitely much stronger in the church, the kind of anti, I guess. Um, and to actually look at those things like we do with everything else and and judge them and look at the scriptures and look at, yeah, what we think rather than just um, letting fear kind of drive the narrative. Yeah, And I think it's possible to shift so how, views. Yeah. How Can you... How do you feel about just walking us through how your views have changed mm. over 15 years and what and what you've done to get to the place where you are now? What is that? Yeah. Like? Well, I mean, I can remember even going into uni, you know, um, and I guess really the first time that I came into contact with um, lesbian and gay people and I would never have said it to them because I'm not usually a confrontationalist kind of person but in my mind was that good old adage well you know you just love the sinner but you hate the sin so I love these people I'm friends with them but I don't agree with what they're doing and I don't think it's right which is a really very simplistic way of looking at it Um, and then as I got to know those people more you know I wanted them to have the same access to God and I guess be able to experience the same joy of the community of the church as I had but knew that there was no way for that bridge to be crossed at that time. Like Mm. there's no way they would feel accepted in a church. There's no way Mm. even by me if we got down to the nitty-gritty of it. And I really wanted to start to challenge that. But I think, you know, having my brother come out was the biggest thing that, you know, put it right in my face and I had to deal with it because was I going to continue to think of my brother as a broken and not right person and Mm. not living you know, the way God wanted to and um, all those kind of things. And so for me, you know, I really had to chat with him about his life, which was straight away going, this wasn't a choice. This was not the result of being abused. This was something deeply intrinsic to who he was. And, Mm. you know, then you've got to kind of look at that and go, oh, okay, so what do I do with that? (laughs) Um, And then I looked Mm. at things like the, you know, uh, Exodus movement, which is now pretty much disbanded and failed and did a lot of damage. So this was a Christian movement that worked with um, gay and lesbian people to um, basically say you can overcome these feelings that are Mm. uh, of being gay. Pray it out of you. Yeah, yep, and you can... um, you know, become heterosexual or at least deny those feelings and be celibate, I guess, for the rest of your life. Uh, So, and that, it just didn't work. (laughs) It hasn't worked all over the world and, yeah, it's not really in use very much now. And then just like I guess I did with the women's movement, I just started to look at scripture and look at it and, 
And it it was very confronting. Like I'm probably making this sound like a quick and easy process. I think it happened over a lot of years. Um, and so then for me, just looking at s- scripture, and, and there's, some, there's some great places to start even just from um, like there was an ABC article the other day which you can look up, which says, what does the Bible really say about same-sex marriage? It's very short, but, it, you know, there's plenty of books around it. And, again, you know, things, scriptures can be argued different ways. They can be looked at in different lights. Um, and yeah. so I did that and then got to a place where I'm like, you know what, I'm okay, I'm totally okay with same-sex relationships. And at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing for me was just going um, – well, I'll read you a quote. This is, I think, a Sarah Bessie quote. Which I don't think she was saying it about this issue, but it sums up how I feel, which is, I want to be outside with the misfits, with the rebels, the dreamers, the second chance givers, the radical grace lavishers, the ones with arms wide open, the courageously vulnerable, and among even or maybe especially the ones rejected by the table as not worthy enough or right enough. And for me, it just got to the point of going, I just want to be love and that's that's what I hear Jesus saying to me like you know these are my children these are my people and all I feel compelled and convicted to do is be love and so I have to do that in the way that I feel is right for me Mm. I love that Ursh it's amazing I think that's a really interesting question Shell I'm going to ask it to you as well um what's what's your journey been in changing so I would say you know 20 years ago we probably all would have been on the side of rejecting homosexuality and LGBTQI relationships and what what's your journey been in now being on the yes side well look to be perfectly honest with you I feel like I'm probably in a middle camp Mm -hmm. leaning towards yes but I don't yeah, I wouldn't. I have not had the same journey as Ish, mm. um, and I I feel that I've been quite lazy, if I'm honest, <laughs> around the whole issue. Um, not, it's not even an issue, but um, and I don't think I, people do, I, are forced to look at it unless it is a close friend or family no. member. Yes, it's easy just right. to leave it, mm. which this you know and postal kind of, survey yeah. is bringing out now. I think it's putting it in everyone's face. Exactly. It is because, and because it comes down, I don't need to tell anybody what I'm choosing to write mm. on that form. Mm. <laughs> like at the end of the day, I, mm. yeah, it's really down to what I personally, what my conviction is. Mm. And I, I feel as the, the struggle for me, if I'm really honest, and I don't, I feel awkward in even saying this mm. because in some ways, particularly the way our podcast goes, I'd be better <laughs> off just saying, I'm absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. 100% my thing and, you know, boo to all the conservatives. But it's, <laughs> Um, you know, I come from churches where they would not, you know, they're not homophobic, angry people mm. who don't have any gay friends or anything like that. It's it's actually, they just go, this is what's true for me and the sanctity of marriage is this and it's not that I don't love other people and I, um, but that that is kind of a, a no-go zone. Mm. And so, and these are people that, I respect and mm. I feel for them because I see them on Facebook being slammed mm. and attacked or or even just everything that they say is is brought down point by point, mm. which is mm. fine. I think there's a part of that in civil 
discourse, but it doesn't feel that civil. And I know of one person even mm-hmm. that's just had to walk away mm-hmm. two weeks ago and to say, I can't be on here. It's not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sad to me mm-hmm. because I, and I'm not going to put my head above water. I'll talk on a podcast but I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to say anything on Facebook to be yeah. honest either way because I yeah I feel for people in both camps I, mm. I actually do and I, I don't just go oh everybody that's in the no camp is a terrible person mm. um, or hasn't wrestled with the issues mm. or yeah but I equally go in the yes camp if you want to call that or people in the middle are, you know I think we do need to understand how absolutely um hurt people have been Mm. um particularly christian lbdqi sorry about the g um (laughs) people have been through this over the years and you know i read one big long um blurb from a guy who was a baptist pastor who had to leave his church because he um was pro was that Danny Cortez become a counselor mm. no Matt Glover okay. his name is. yeah um mm. but he's become a counselor and so he just wrote this beautiful thing I think we should actually yeah um link to it just about yeah. the people that he's encountered and counseled who mm. have just been deeply affected and I don't think we can ignore those voices and mm. I, I feel like I don't have enough of that in my life. I don't have the brother that you've had, Ursh, that's, mm. yeah, sparked you on that journey. And so, yeah, that's where I feel almost embarrassed about being kind of lazy in this space um, and yet recognising it's, yeah, it's just real people and, yeah, I don't know. So do you know what I think the challenge is? Mm. It, and I had this exact conversation with someone um, over lunch this week who um, – you know, is old, much older than me and has been in the church for many years mm. and is also sitting right, you know, in that middle space and going, it feels almost like, yes, it's going to go through anyway, mm. but if Christians are okay with it, it's, it's, it, it sounds terrible, but is it this slippery slope and what is what comes next? And that's just, I don't know, I feel like it's like the last strand of my evangelical roots. Wow. Yeah, so that Does, makes that it make very, sense? yeah, that makes it a massive thing if that's how you feel. Yeah, mm. it's all, it, I don't know. I, I, and yet, I, you know, I think I will be voting yes, but I, I, I don't know. It's just this weird moment of going, wow, I am, I am choosing a very different path to what, what I have been on. Mm. Yeah. And, and it is so different to what, my community would probably choose mm. of us you know there's heaps that will be in that cab but in that kind of space that I've been in for the last 20 years this is quite a moment mm. do you know what I mean yeah oh, well I don't know I, I feel think, yucky even trying to articulate that and I haven't done it very well so no, sorry well I think confident. that's the thing it is messy and clunky and better to mm. I think admit that and you know I think there can be there does need to be room for respectful debate and for different opinions. And even if the vote goes, you know, one way, so let's say towards a yes, that doesn't mean that debate necessarily stops or that people being able to talk about it necessarily stops. And I think these kind of issues and changes to the way things have been done are going to continue to come up all throughout life. Um, as they have already and and like you say Shel, this is another one it might feel like a major one but there will be more and 
that you know that's just life and that's that's the way things keep going in a pluralistic you know secular society that's right and I'm actually and so in saying all that I'm saying I'm actually totally like I actually believe it will go through and I'm totally cool with that personally Mm. I actually really am I think actually the the me having to make a personal choice of what I put my stake in the ground for Mm. some reason that is actually harder than I'm actually okay to let God be God and I don't feel like this is now where you know the sky is going to fall in none of that and I'm actually really pleased that people will get the respect that they're craving the opportunity and I so I actually have no issue with any of that it's just this sort of I don't know this little thing deep down in in me that is going okay am I at the point of actually you know what it is I'm a person who struggles to make a call I always see both sides in my general Mm. way of being and so yeah I don't know maybe this is just one of those times where even voting I hate voting at the last minute I always make a quick vote on (laughs) you know what do you see on the other side Shell like what do you see that feels legitimate for you on the other side not much and that's what I was saying at the start I don't feel like anyone's convinced me but it's just Mm. been my entire you know I guess I've I've grown up hearing that Look, the Bible on the and this is where I don't again I haven't researched, but the Bible on the whole moves towards giving women more um, opportunity and more freedom, but in the homosexuality space, it kind of doesn't do that. And like that's the kind of the broad terms yeah. that I've heard but in the if, past, right? Let me say this one thing as even a, oh my gosh, yes, and then <laughs> I'm going to have to go and ha- plug in my computer because my battery's running low, so. <laughs> I'll pause, I'll say what I want to say, and then I'll go and get my lead. Okay. Um, The fact that the word homosexual is not even in the Bible at all, it might be in translations, Mm. is a big thing. But that only became a word that was used to describe same-sex relationships in, you know, the 20th century. Yeah. And so even right there you need to go back and go, well, what was being talked about and you know, I, this is getting off track from where we didn't want to go. But, you know, often it's to do with idol worship, it's to do with relationships with young boys who can't be consenting. Mm. And so straight away that puts a different spin on some of those passages yeah. that we would totally go, well, it's a no. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. What I'm about the just the... Go plug in. You okay. can keep talking if you want. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just a minute. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that my, my, like, I feel like now I've come to a point where I am probably an LGBTQI affirming person, mm-hmm. but perhaps my journey there was more of a fact that, okay, if I'm going to choose a side, which side do I feel like I'm, I would least regret standing yeah. facing God? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. am I... Am I going to regret if I stand there going, you know what, I, um, I didn't affirm these people, I didn't support these people, I hated these people, I said these people were sinners. Am I going to be proud of that stance or am I going to be proud of that stance where I go, you know what, I treat... I treated these people as equals, I loved these people, mm. I wanted these people to have equal rights as me. You know, which side would I have least regret taking that's great, Tam. That's a really helpful came, frame. Yeah. Yeah. When it when it came down to it, you know, I I, I knew I would have least regret. 
Yeah. I would have least regret saying, you know what, I affirm these people, I support these people, I don't want to um, have, you know, be the cause of these people having lower rights than I do. Yeah, that's really good, Tan. It's actually a really helpful um, way to approach it. And I think that's what has... Um, and that's what I mean about the kind of holding on to these evangelical roots of things that yeah. must be this way rather than I had a beautiful conversation with um, a couple of friends and one of who listens to the podcast about what if we actually just saw that God is love and God yes. is in the interaction between one another where there is love at, at play. Yeah. Mm. And it is the most freeing thought but it's the most mm. scary thought because it means oh, it leaping off a cliff it feels like. Because, yeah. I don't know, there's been these big blocks that have to be there in my world to make sense of the world. And what if what if those big blocks were maybe a little bit skewed? I don't know. It's a very mm. um, dangerous question to ask, but it's it one is. that I think you need to, to be true That's to I feel your like, journey. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, going against that which we've been perhaps brought up with it does it breaks your heart into a million pieces but I feel mm-hmm. like that's what God wants to do mm-hmm. you know he wants to break our hearts into a million pieces he wants to say this isn't about mm-hmm. rules and religion and regulations and you know all that it's about love and you mm-hmm. know that's not easy and it's not safe it's and not it's linear not, and it's not black and mm-hmm. white yeah and that's I think, right yeah there's actually a great book called love is an orientation Love is an orientation. It's by Andrew Marin, and it doesn't um, come out in one side or the other, for or against. And I think it's a great starting point book for people that are looking to wrestle with these issues because it's all about what you just said, Tam. It's about how do we have love, how do we build bridges um, between the LGBTQI community and faith, and how do we reconcile with one another and ask great questions rather than have all the answers or spruik our opinions. Um, Yeah, by Andrew Marin. It's, yeah, a really great read. And like I was thinking before, Shell, like the problem for me now because I feel like I've been on the journey for quite a while is that I know I can get into the headspace of like just... I'm so over you people. <laughs> like, why are you so backwards? Yeah. Just move, you know, and yeah. uh, like reminding myself to, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep, thanks, <laughs> to keep. <laughs> um, and, and I do, I, I find that um, really difficult, but I have to remember that I've been on a big journey with it and lots of people mm. have been on big journeys. I don't see it yet so much with, um, a lot of pastors, but certainly with, mm. yeah, a lot of um, scholars have changed their minds on their views and mm, different things. True. But uh, there's this great quote. Remember I was telling you about that book that I read, Lies We Believe About God? Yeah. There's mm. another little quote from that which I keep trying to remind myself of at points like this. And it says, when we leave one box, we are frequently tempted to climb into another one, smug and mm. self-righteous all over again continuing to participate in dividing human beings into classifications for management and judgment. Mm. And, yeah, it's just yeah. a great reminder to me of, yeah, try not to be like that, Ursula, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just just on a couple of the, um, you know, we've been sharing different articles that popped up um, along the way. I think mm. what there's a couple of things I think that are worth touching on in this which is the whole religious freedom. And I, I feel like, you know, the, I've had a few conversations with Christian leaders going, 
that, you know, basically the church just needs to let go of the fact that this is going to happen. But, um, you know, that whole idea of protecting the religious freedom, that it doesn't mean that churches must conduct ceremonies, all of that. I'd be interested in what you guys think about that as, um, is that a valid response um, for the the church and I guess other religions too? It's not just Christians, of course. um, Oh, I think it's it's such a reflex response. It's a, it's a real, that's, it's just a real emotional kickback we all know that it's not going to happen. Um, it's, you know, a lot of these things are already happening without having that consequence. It's not going to all of a sudden start happening because of this. Really, it's a minor, it's almost a minor law change because it's, you know, civilly recognised that um, these partnerships are already happening. Mm. So I think, I mean... I think there is a lot of fear around that idea of religious freedom. But I think even that is happening. I think it was at that Scott Higgins article you sent around, Shell, which talked about, you know, freedom of religion and speech mm. um, doesn't mean you can um, hold positions that are, uh, you can hold positions that are offensive to others, but you can't like humiliate them or incite violence on them. So Exactly. And there are some things that are overruled already. Like I think he gave the example in his child's conservative Christian school, they had to teach on evolution even though they believed in creationism because the state felt Mm -hmm. that was their right. And I guess we're seeing that argument around the Safe Schools Program and different things now too. And there will be times, I guess, when the state goes, well, we value this thing, so we're going to teach on it. But that doesn't take away your freedom to practice your religion. It might not be an idea that you like or agree with or even want taught, but, you know, that doesn't mean you can't still believe what you believe and practice what you believe. Yeah, he actually said You're that. You're not going to yeah, be quoting for it. <laughs> no, that's no, true. That's right. But you can be taken to court. I guess that's what they're nervous about is that you're going to have all these legal proceedings, I guess, if people feel uncomfortable doing it. But, yeah. But you it's already like, would have. That's the thing. If mm-hmm. I mean, the thing, that they, the thing that they say is, okay, so um, people wanting to formalise a gay marriage are probably not going to go to a church that is very anti gay marriage like why would they do that they're probably going to have their ceremony in an affirming Mm. either religious or non-religious setting true although can i say this having been in a church that always talks about we love people there are a number of gay people in there that i then got to meet because i was pro them i guess um Mm. who had no idea that oh what you mean I can't rise to leadership when I join this team? So yeah, probably, right. quite possibly could have come in with a thought because if your background is not like all ours has been, growing up in quite conservative evangelical Pentecostal circles, you don't know that, but instead you've grown up in this age and you're like early 20s where pretty much, you know, gay relationships mm. have been on TV, have been in culture. I mean, my three-year-old knows that, some people have two mums and some people have a mum and dad, you know, like it's a very different way of growing up now and a bit like we are saying with the women thing, if there's no <laughs> policy set out there and, of course, no one's necessarily really going to want to do that in this day and age, um, p- 
people think that they may well come into a church who's been mm. spouting that they love God and they love people and they're for justice and blah, 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 and have developed a community there and then get shocked that, and then that might yeah. make them quite angry. Mm. Yep. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. It's potential. But, yeah, I think overall, Tam, I would agree. If someone yep. doesn't want to but marry they- you, then you don't want them to marry you. That's right. But the other argument they say is, okay, so if I go to a baker for my wedding cake (laughs) who refuses to make me a wedding cake because it's for two women, Mm. then they could be sued. And it's like, well, that could already happen. You already Mm. can't discriminate on the basis of that. Um, Religious freedom is slightly different to a retailer saying no I refuse to make you a cake because it's for a gay or lesbian wedding Mm. like those those laws are already in place it's not going to change those things Mm. yes religious freedoms you know those things are are actually protected by law and that's going to continue to be so Mm. but those other things that that's already happening it's not actually going to change if this law comes into being Mm. so and like as Scott sort of references Canada's had Um, same-sex marriage for 10 years Mm. and there's only been three or four instances of Christians having to answer allegations that their language about homosexuality overstepped the bounds of decency and legality Mm. but actually none of them went to court in the end and Mm. were found that they weren't um yeah found guilty and you know it's interesting chatting to um a guy that I work with at World Vision who uh, is in the Netherlands and that's also um, had same-sex marriage for 10 years and he said, mm. you know, they're like, this is, he's just so shocked being here in Australia at the moment. He's like, what oh are you gosh. guys even talking about? <laughs> this is yeah. so old news. And he goes, at the moment they're looking to be able to um, legalise that there can be three parents on a birth certificate because, oh, wow. of course, you've got, you know, the gay couple and then the birth mother or the birth, sorry, the biological mm. mother or biological father. Um, so yeah, it's like, but society hasn't descended into absolute chaos, you know, but mm. there's, a whole and lot it of doesn't debate. need to, if the debate, like if, and this is, it if is it difficult, civil. but if it stays civil, it doesn't, it doesn't need to. And if we really care about the rights of the child and we want them to be brought up in the best possible world and not be denigrated or felt like their family is not up to scratch, we can do that as a society. We can... Mm love and value them and value their family even if it's not the traditional nuclear family that we are used to but yeah, i know that's we a big can job. but yeah that's right we can but will we but we probably that's won't right. <laughs> yeah, sadly mm. i think there's such a great space like for church to jump in there you know if they want to and again mm. this is um i think it's the steve chalk has a video about marriage equity and one of the things I loved about what he said is, you know, when a heterosexual couple is in a relationship or looking to get married, they get all this help and, you know, the couples invite them over for dinner and there's all these books they can read about it and they can get counselling about relationships um, and all those kinds of things. Like that. there's like just this loving, I think he describes it as like a shield of care around them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we could do the same thing for the LGBTQ, you know, TI community as well and hold up the value of faithfulness and hold up relational skills and, you know, I think the church is very quick to um, 
point the finger and go, well, they're all promiscuous and they're all doing this and that. But no oh, one's yeah. taught them. No one's given them training. They've just kind of pushed them out. I mean, that's, again, a very generalised view. But I just think actually there's a brilliant opportunity there to go, well, here is what we do see in Jesus that we value, you know, yeah. of love and of faithfulness and of, you know, fidelity and all those kinds of things. And how can we help you walk that out in your relationship? Yeah. And how can yeah. we be there for you like we would for another couple, you know, a heterosexual couple? Mm. So should Australia be spending $122 million <laughs> on a postal vote? Hell a postal no. survey. <laughs> so re- postal I hate survey. the fact that it's not even compulsory and it won't actually be the It's not legally binding. Yeah, yeah. Legally but there's no binding. way they'd go against it. They'd be crazy. There'd be riots yeah, right. if they went yeah, against yeah. it. Absolutely. But yeah, it is. I, I the point that I um, picked up somewhere, which I thought was really interesting, and I don't. I I mentioned it to my husband. He didn't make the same connection as me, so maybe you guys won't either. <laughs> maybe it doesn't make sense. But <laughs> I think it was something like the Australian budget for mental health is ninety five million, and this yeah. postal vote is going to cost one hundred twenty two million. But many it's of the people insane. that use mental health are yeah. people that are struggling. Yeah. with their identity and coming to terms with that. I think, like, mm-hmm. that's another thing to recognise that the LGBTQTI, it is a difficult acronym, people. I just want to say, <laughs> from a branding perspective, could they improve that? It would be. <laughs> everyone feels nervous going into saying it and then come out the other end always going, did I get it wrong and am I going to be yeah. shut down? Yeah, true. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. What was I saying? Yeah, yeah. so they yeah, are the budget highest, money would be better spent. Highest <laughs> yeah. rates of suicide in society are yep. among that community mm. of people, and yep. um, yep. most of those will firstly attempt uh, suicide at sixteen years of age, which is before they've come out. Wow. So yeah, I just thought that was that seemed immoral to me just from that point yeah. of view. Mm-hmm. That we're potentially, I mean, as they have said as a community, you know, they didn't want the plebiscite. They, their fear was that these awful comments would come out and, yeah, their mental health is very important and yet we're spending mm. more. Uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know. Good. To me it just seems strange. And their worth equality, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't everybody think it's pretty absurd, the whole thing? I think oh, so. Absurd. I think so. Both sides seem to think. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, the true. fact, like, I'm joking yesterday going, the – Anyone under our age, to be honest, they don't even know how to post a letter. And I am not no. joking. These no, people true, true. do not post letters. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have done focus groups. Why don't their, they like, do it online? Is it because the census went so wrong? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, it's because all the oldies are going to vote yes. I uh, know. Yeah, really? Mm. I feel like, it, you know, everyone's saying that it's going to be – Yes, right, and that's what all the polls are saying. But I, I feel I just have the nervousness ever since Trump got mm-hmm. in. I know. The sense of like, what is the everything is crazy? Really think and and now they all can have a say, and I'm very intrigued as to what what's actually going to emerge. I must yeah, say, I've never heard mm-hmm. so much talk around. Make sure you signed up on the electoral roll. Make sure they've got your yeah. details right. I guess that's maybe yeah. because they don't post it. Is it in other elections? But I've heard that so much the last little while. I think the Australian Christian Churches sent a note out. Yeah, yeah, it's because really? all of the, the different campaigns are saying it, not just the government. Yeah, right. See, I would feel that that kind of um, encouragement 
to make sure your everything's up to date would be more aimed at say Gen Ys because they're, they're yeah, probably right. the most lax in enrolling and updating mm. their details. Yeah, maybe. And yet they're the ones that are most likely to vote yes. Mm. I, w- I would imagine. Mm. So, but we've moved. I'm up to date. I don't think Bruce is. Mm. <laughs> he probably hasn't done the administration. Um, right. But yeah, you're probably right. But I don't. But I reckon that I think a lot of denominational leaders or whatever would assume, mm. well, not assume, but have a fairly solid sense that everyone in their camp will be on the same on a similar side. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's reach overreaching. But I reckon particularly in the evangelical denominations would expect that even the young ones would be voting no. Mm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I, I think I, they actually, do expect that, but right. I think they're wrong. Yep. No, yep. I agree. I think they're wrong, but I, I want, yeah, yep. I do wonder if they underestimate. I, I guess it's going to be varying degrees of knowledge of how people really, what people really think. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm. I wonder if they can, um, yeah, it would just be fascinating to know by age how people respond. We could have yeah, I wonder how much detail we'll get. Mm. It will be fascinating. <laughs> One thing as well, I wouldn't mind, like there's a few things that we've um, shared around, but just for those that are, um, so, while, so yeah, just in how we have the conversation, I think absolutely recognising the people that are most hurt by this and, and hearing and understanding people's stories and loving people, I think, yeah, 100%. Um, and then also I think loving the people that are saying no and speaking out on that too, you know, that's actually the harder way, yeah. the harder one in a way, and I just would like to put that out there. Um, and I think I, John Anderson, who is the former Deputy Prime Minister, who I've met a number of times, so maybe I'm a bit biased because I do, I like his statesman-like character, <laughs> you know, he's on the conservative end and he, I just thought he did a really good interview with um, the ABC, Chris Ullman, just around, you know, he goes, I am for a traditional view of marriage, uh, but he spoke quite articulately about how we have a good civil discourse and then just said, you know, and if it goes through that it's a yes, then I absolutely abide by that and I think that's fine, the people have spoken and, you know, I just thought he framed it in a way perhaps for the first time that I heard someone from that side, I don't know, just not sound embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard well. the same thing. I probably don't have the same view as you on that show. I kind of listened to him and went, oh, same old, same old. But what I did love about what he said and I did agree with was the idea of how fractured society is becoming and that mm. we need to work towards what are the things that unite us yeah, and, and I thought that was a really important point around, yeah, just like visionary leaders and how can leaders find things that unite the country because yeah, more and right. more, you know, yeah, countries are fracturing. And I thought that was a really, you know, I don't particularly like that's the rest true. of what he said, but, yeah. No, no, that's. I think that was, yeah, perhaps what, you've, I've been a while since I've watched it, but I think yeah. that's what framed it for me that made it sound less. Yeah, um, definitely. Just one side, just hammering the same point. Yeah, it mm. gave context to it. Um, mm. And I think as well, I mean, I don't know, you probably disagree with it as well, Ursh, but the um, the blog piece around um, just different people's, the different sides around mm. um, yes and no, and this author ends up saying he's going to go with the no on the end. Mm. It wasn't a perfect article, but it did feel, um, I don't know, somewhat useful to read. So Culture, Mm. Worldview and Life with Jesus, Mm. The Compelling Case for and Against Same-Sex Marriage by Mm. um, Kurt Malberg. Mm. Uh, 
yeah, I think it'd be worth just sharing that for people that are interested in just, yeah, what the kind of top three arguments are on each side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good uh, article, then, that one. Like, yeah, I agree. I, I kind of got to the end and went, Huh? How did you choose that one? Because, yeah, the yes seemed so much more strong, didn't it? Yeah, It was was very respectful and it was, yeah, it was good. And I think, yeah, there does need to be room for different views, doesn't there? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Or does there? (laughs) It does. It does. We we respect everyone. Sure. As long as you're being respectful. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It okay. has been lovely chatting tonight, wow. ladies. Yeah, big topic, okay. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Mm. Yeah. All right, and we'd love to hear your, your thoughts. So come along to Facebook and let us know what you think about this. And, yeah, mm. as much as we're all on the same side, as we said, we, we are respectful to both sides if it's presented with respect and we're, yeah, totally happy to, to hear your opinion. Mm. So It'd be it. awesome to... Um, also hear a bit from Joe if he's willing to share a bit of his mm. story and insights as well. Um, yeah, I think you would I know be. he's very such a thoughtful, well-read, researched mm. guy who's really, you know, I just think loves God and has really walked this path, which has been not easy. Mm. So it'd be wonderful to yeah. hear from yeah, him. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I'll cool. tear it up. Yeah, right. stay tuned. <laughs> cool. okay. All right, so come and, um, yeah, like us on Facebook, uh rate us on itunes leave a review we love that um and we'll see you next week for a new episode Woohoo! love you light light and fluffy all right see you next week see ya, see ya. Bye. Bye.